0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher.
1: What do the letters written to the seven churches in Revelation have to say to us today? We've reached the letter to the church in Sardis, Colin, chapter 3 of Revelation.
0: These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Seven, of course, being the perfect number, Um, the sevenfold spirit of God, the seven stars relating to these seven churches to which he is now speaking. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of God. Remember therefore what you have received and heard, obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Now, I believe that this is a most relevant letter for the church today. That may not seem to be the case at first glance. But I believe it is a grave warning from God. You see, it is possible to build a church, a good-looking church with a lot of people, but without God. And that's the warning that he is giving here. A church can have a reputation because it's got a lot of people going, Uh, it would seem to be successful, and yet very little evidence of the spirit of God, of the presence of God, of the power of God. There are some churches that are successful because they're like a personality cult built around some very charismatic kind of preacher. But the people themselves have not really been motivated to be fruitful in the way that God requires of all his children. Uh, We have this sense that the bigger the church, the more successful it is. And God once said to me, Men are concerned about how many people are in the church. I am concerned about how many disciples there are. And you see, that's the point. You can have a big church where there's lots of people, but few disciples. You can have a smaller church where there might not be so many people, but there are many disciples. Now, the latter is the kind of church God wants. I mean, ideally, let's have a big church where everybody is disciples. We seek to make disciples of all the people in our church, but to do that is is challenging. It challenges the people, because uh, you know you're you're not going to just say and do the things that will please people. Paul said, if I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And uh, you know, I think that's something that ought to be written on the uh, on the pulpit in every church, so that every time a priest or a minister gets up there to speak he sees these words if i was still trying to please men i would not be a servant of christ and no well you're there to preach the will of god and the purpose of god and the plan of god not just what the people want to hear you're not you're not called to make a superficially successful church you are called to lead people into faithfulness to God. In God's eyes, a successful church is a faithful church. In men's eyes, a successful church is a popular church. It's just that God has a totally different way of assessing these things. And I mean, you you look at the ministry of Jesus, how many people were really involved? Well, we know in his risen body that he appeared to 500 But most of his ministry was spent with a very relatively small um, number of people. He had 12 disciples. Okay, there was a greater number, 72, but we don't even know the identity of them or how much time they spent with Jesus. But he was putting himself into a small number of people. Why? Because he was making disciples. But in due course, those disciples would make many more disciples. And that's really how God intends his church to grow.
1: So there's a big danger in churches having too many passengers.
0: There shouldn't be any passengers. Um, Okay, when people first come into contact with the church, um, perhaps they are not yet born again, perhaps they have never committed their lives to Jesus, never really surrendered the uh, ownership of their lives to him. Um, then uh, they will be passengers for a while, but not for long. If they're in the midst of a church where everybody is motivated uh, to be involved in practical ministry, then even those coming into the church, they're not going to be spectators for long. They will get involved in things because everybody else is.
1: So when he says strengthen what remains and is about to die, what exactly is he talking about there?
0: Well, uh, we don't know. Uh, I mean, we don't know the specifics of it, Um, but what he is really saying uh, is don't live on your reputation for what has happened in the past. What matters is what is happening now. Um, It's no use saying to God, well, Lord, I was faithful to you five years ago or the church was really moving in the spirit of God three years ago. Because God's answer to that is, you can't live on your past reputation. I'm concerned about what is happening in your life now. I'm concerned about what is happening in my church now. It's great to know that some years ago I was moving powerfully in your life, but my concern is that you're fruitful now. And in fact, Jesus said that even the fruitful branches are pruned to be more fruitful. So God doesn't want us living on past reputation, but becoming increasingly fruitful in our ministries.
1: If you don't wake up, I'll come like a thief.
0: Well, there's many different ways in which God comes unexpectedly uh, to deal with his people. Always remember that judgment begins with um, the household of God. But even here in Sardis, you see, there's the, the the faithful remnant, as it were. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. And then he talks about those who overcome. Remember, on Friday, I'm going to talk about the overcomers and what God says about the overcomers in each of these seven letters. So that's going to be. Um, A dynamic time, really, because it's so wonderful what God says to the overcomers.
1: Interesting that even in this situation where many, many are not keeping their eye on the ball, so to speak, there are this faithful group of people.
0: Yes, God has his his, um, representatives, his faithful ones. Um, And sometimes you can be in a situation where you feel that you're the only one, you don't know of anybody else, Uh, but they're out there. And uh, even, even in Scripture, there are people that thought, you know, am I, am I the only one left who's being faithful? And God says, no, 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 I've got my many witnesses out there. You don't know where they are, but I know where they are. And that's, that to me is, uh, I suppose, the most challenging thing when we consider the, the church today, that God alone knows where his true church is. I mean, God sees very clearly what is happening in every church, and he sees the motive behind what is happening. You know, if he looks at any particular church, he knows whether their activities are, first of all, being led by the Spirit. Secondly, whether they're being filled with the power of the Spirit. Thirdly, whether the motive of the people is to glorify God, is to be faithful to him, is to be obedient to him. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Uh, On the other hand, he knows that another church may be full of power struggles, a lot of sort of um, religious politics going on, uh, people dividing into factions, uh, people wanting influence, people wanting to be raised up in ministry so that they are highly thought of by others. God can see right into the heart of every person and he knows their motives. And so, you know, God is wanting a pure church, a church without spot and wrinkles. He's gonna come back for a bride that is ready for him. You know, people, people say, um, do you believe Jesus is gonna come back soon? Uh, and and uh, I always want to really avoid the question a little bit by saying, well, he's gonna come back for a bride that is ready for him. And when I look around at the church today, uh, you know, I don't think there are many that are really ready, many churches that you would say, well, there's the Bride of Christ, there's a group of people that are really seeking to live for the glory of God. There's a people that God would acknowledge as his own, in a sense, in, in the right sense, you know, that God would be proud of, say, yes, they're my people, look at them, just look what I'm doing amongst them. Uh go among those people and you will meet with me and you will touch my presence and touch my power. That's what God intends for his church. And, and you can see by what he's saying uh, to each of these churches that they so easily allow negative influences to come in. They allow sin and even tolerate sin as we were seeing yesterday in Thyatira. Uh, and, and here in in, in, in Sardis, just living on past reputation without really being concerned, well, are we glorifying God now? Are we being the faithful people that he requires now? Is the Spirit of God really in control, in charge? Is he able to move amongst us in the, with the freedom and in the way that God intends now? Because that is the thing that really concerns God.